Hello everyone and welcome back to the Morning Blend podcast. Grab your morning blend and let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Morning Blend podcast. I'm your host Kayla and happy Monday. Okay guys, so happy Monday. I am beyond excited to get into this episode today because I have so many things to get off my chest. I'm gonna be really honest. I've been like kind of like storing up topics to talk about and like literally just going through my daily life experiences and like writing things in my notes to share on this amazing platform. These past couple weeks have been kind of hectic because I've been taking on so many new tasks. So I've really been trying to do as much as I can, especially for the podcast, because I do wanna make the podcast an entity in its own as i've mentioned about a thousand times so far if you guys have been following along on the morning blend podcast page you guys know that i announced this week that we are creating a community so i really wanted to create a podcast page and this was when the podcast was even called well-rounded i just didn't have the uh time and i just didn't have it on my plate because i had too much going on at the time to really allow this project to flourish and i think that the podcast rebrand came at the perfect time it was a blessing in disguise as i've mentioned and the podcast community on instagram is really going to be something epic so i'm going to be offering free workouts every tuesdays i'm going to be having um women take over via reels every wednesdays and every mondays we're going to be taking care of the mental health content we're going to be releasing a new episode and we're going to be overall active on the page much more sharing recipes sharing fun free resources so if you've been following be well with kayla since uh september 2020 which is the beginning when i started the page of be well with kayla the whole point of the page is uh to create an inclusive and diverse community of women that live their best lives okay so that are eating whole foods every day being healthy feeling well and the page is always has always been and always will be for the people that follow me i feel like that message kind of got lost in translation over the last couple of months since i took over i took on the be well with kayla page as my personal page so i struggled from um i think november 2020 to like until march to find a happy medium between what i wanted to share for the people and what i wanted to share as myself so of course in the process i've lost followers i've gained followers i've gotten a lot of positive feedback and of course i've gotten that one percent of negative feedback and even though people may have negative feedback to share about my page i just don't think that there's a place for it so because I, I genuinely radiate positivity on my page and I radiate that I have an absolutely zero tolerance for negativity on my page. I don't entertain it. I don't repost about it. I uh, don't glamorize hate or negativity because it's nothing to be glamorized. So I just don't have any tolerance for negativity on my page. Anyways, so um, and that, I feel like everyone's page should be like that. You know, I feel like on social media these days, we really just highlight negativity way too much. But all to say is that in the process of trying to find a happy medium, the message of um, for the people, for the women, the inclusivity, the community may have gotten lost in translation because as I've mentioned before, I decided to take on Be Well with Kayla as my personal page. And with that being said, I'm showing more of my personal life, more of myself, more of my lifestyle, more of... Um, my house my office my this my that very me 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 and I understand that 
um, obviously with a personal page comes a lot of narcissism because you're constantly showing yourself, you're constantly showing your life, but it's also my business and um, like it's, it's at the end of the day, it's engagement. But I always knew that that message of um, for the girls and for wellness in general and offering free resources daily um, had to be shared. And that is why I created the original, originally named Well-Rounded Podcast and now the Morning Blend Podcast. So the Morning Blend Podcast page is a project that I've always wanted to do. But I just had to find through like navigating and through being like a human, okay, making my mistakes and, you know, like learning what I like and what I what I dislike and what I actually want to do with my page and growing the confidence to put myself more out there. Because I remember when I first started Be Well with Kayla, I was always behind the shadows. Nobody, nobody really knew who Kayla was unless you were following me previously on my old pages. And now that I'm finally coming out into the light, that sounds very dramatic, but now that I'm kind of, <laughs> now that I'm finally coming out and like, like on my page, um, and when I mean coming out, I mean like I'm just being myself, I'm showing myself more and I'm showing my lifestyle more and stuff that obviously comes with the positive and the negatives. So, so many positives and I highlight the positives at all times, but I feel like it's time for me to highlight some of the negatives. And uh, I never often do this. I don't often do this because, as I said, I radiate positivity and all that. But I feel like the negatives are necessary because these days um, we're over the pretty picture, you know, and I running like a business and having a, a brand where I sell clothing and all that. It's I I'm very aware now that people are very over the pretty picture and people want to see real life, you know, and But that being said, what I'm trying to say is that I do get some negative feedback at times, even though like I only show positivity, which I will keep doing. I'm going to take the negative stuff and whenever I feel comfortable with it, I will talk about it on this podcast since this is my platform that I've created and uh, I feel comfortable here. So this week um, I shared on the podcast community page that I wanted to start a page that highlights women and like I said in the conversation five minutes ago I've always wanted to do this and I am determined to do it I will do it and it will be epic but um so that that means I had to reach out to many girls um this week and I spoke to like some trainers I spoke to some um people that I just follow that inspire me that have amazing aesthetics that I feel like they have so much to share um I reached out to many women that I find inspiring because they are diverse and I'm super into looking into people's lives that are different than me I find like of course subscribing to youtubers and following people online that resemble your lifestyle and that are relatable to you is awesome but sometimes i look for people that are honestly different than me i want to see someone of a different background i want to see someone from a different country i want to be i want to see someone from a different culture someone with a different career i want to see someone different so that is why i reached out to a lot of diverse women and when i mean diverse i mean diverse from me and um in one of the conversations that i had I was just kind of, no, I honestly wasn't surprised, but I was just kind of blown away by, um, like, I wouldn't want to say the fake positivity, but 
I was just blown away by a con- one of the conversations that I had. And one of the conversations that I had uh, went along the lines of me reaching out to someone who I honestly uh, really love to follow and who inspires me. And she came back to me by saying that um, looking at my page, makes her, looking at Be Well with Kayla makes her feel like there's a lack of diversity. And that for any other person, I feel like would have been very insulted because it's 2021 and nobody wants to hear that they're not inclusive nor diverse. But it kind of um, it kind of not rubbed me the wrong way, but it kind of hit like like a soft spot in me, like at the towards the end of the conversation or when we got off the phone, because I'm truly trying to do so much and I don't want to get emotional. I don't want to get emotional, but I'm truly trying to do so much and I'm trying my best. So when the person told me about me not being inclusive, I responded to her super calmly and positively. I am totally past those conversations and I'm so open to feedback and to having mature conversations and just being self-aware. And I think that COVID in general has allowed us to all feel much more self-aware and I have grown so much in like the self-awareness realm. So I just want to take this opportunity to not necessarily apologize because I don't think I've done anything wrong, but I want to take this opportunity to make a promise to people listening, but this page will be inclusive. It will be diverse. That's all I'm going to say. And this com- this conversation wasn't like a pity party. I'm not trying to victimize myself whatsoever. I'm just trying to say that I am doing so much. And I spend all of my days highlighting other women on social media. I'm constantly like supporting my female clients. I'm constantly like reposting women who repost me. Um, I'm constantly sharing who I work with on a daily basis. Um, so to get that like negative feedback of like not being inclusive enough um kind of hit a nerve it did but i'm here to say that i'm grateful for that conversation and that it's only me it's only going to make me more self-aware than i already am so that is my talk for the morning blend and the community on this episode however i do want to mention something on um fake positivity so I think that within a community of women right now, especially on social media, and I have a pen in my hands, (laughs) Um, especially now since the industry is super saturated, you know, like there's so many girls in skincare, there are so many girls in health and wellness, there are so many girls in the fashion industry, um, blogging, vlogging and whatever. And I just want to say that as women, we need to support each other and we need to stop tearing each other down. And we need to put a positive tone to each and every conversation. So we honestly need to, as a community, like check ourselves. And when I mean that, I mean like check if you're actually being positive or if you're being fake positive. Like are you genuinely happy for someone and their successes or are you envious? Are you genuinely following someone because you want to support them or because you just want to check up on what they're doing? Like, and these are the things that I hear and not only from myself, but from many other influencers on social media who always come on the camera and say, you know, like I'm going through something right now. I'm in a creative rut. Like, I don't know. Uh, There's so much saturation out there. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Like this, like 
this can all be solved by more concrete positivity so obviously you're listening so if you're listening definitely take a moment today and just make sure you not check yourself but ask yourself the question of if you're being positive or fake positive show appreciation to the people you follow show appreciation to the creators that inspire you like their photos comment on their pictures don't be a ghost follower and if you're a ghost follower that's fine too because not everyone likes to engage as much but definitely be like a positive ghost follower you know so i know i'm kind of getting on on a rant about all this but it's something that like i hold close to me and you know as i grow like on social media like in in my business it's something that i just feel like i had to share you know so um i'm really big on real positivity ladies so no fake stuff if you're if you're on my page and if you follow me i'm appreciated i'm very appreciative of you and i love that you're here and i would really appreciate the same energy back and i'm sure that so many female creators would appreciate the same so support your friends buy from people you know just support genuinely and that's what i'm gonna say about fake positivity and just like positivity in general so i hope you guys understand that part of the conversation and i'm sorry if it sounded like kind of unclear but just to wrap up um i'm gonna be trying we'll wrap up on this section of the pod i'm going to be trying to be more realistic with you girls and open up about like my struggles as well which is something that i had shared um when i had relaunched the podcast i shared that i would be talking about like some of my downs and um I definitely had like a downer moment this week when someone uh, approached me about not being inclusive enough, but it's fine. And I said to myself, I told myself that I would become more um, like just better. And so I'm appreciative of the conversation and I'm really happy that we had it and I'm really happy to bring it on to the pod. So if you have something to say about inclusivity, if you have something to say about like how you find inclusivity, whether it be in the health and wellness industry. Like, do we have enough of it? Like, what is something you would like to see more of? Like, please feel free to comment in the review section of the pod or to DM the podcast page. And I could like screenshot your DM and we could start a conversation in like a suggestions bubble or like just in general, like I could bring it back to the pod next time. I really want to open this platform to more of these uncomfortable conversations. So yeah, okay, so. Like I said before, at the end of the day, I am a holistic health coach and I am actually a certified hormone specialist. So I'm so excited to get into hormones with you guys. And when I say certified hormone specialist, what does that mean exactly? It means that I'm certified to work with people who have hormonal imbalances. I will not diagnose someone with a hormonal imbalance because I am not a doctor. And this is why when I was planning out this episode, I was debating if I should go through all the hormonal imbalances with you guys and go through the symptoms. But I've decided not to do that since I just find that it leaves a lot of room for um, kind of like self-diagnosing yourself. I don't want to be Google when you have a cold and you're feeling a symptom. You go look it up and then you self-diagnose. It creates a lot of health anxiety. So although um, the symptoms are very insightful and it's very cool to know what symptoms of certain hormonal imbalances are i have so many graphics on my instagram about certain symptoms and hormonal imbalances but i will not be naming all the symptoms on the pod today because i just find that that leaves 
a lot of room for health anxiety. You know, you might hear something here on the pod. You might hear me say that a symptom of um, estrogen dominance is uh, tender breasts. You know what I'm saying? And then you might think you have uh, estrogen dominance when at the end of the day, really, you're just going through a symptom of PMS. So I don't want to leave I don't want to start that narrative like like start that dialogue here on the pod and one day if I do have a doctor or an endocrinologist on the podcast I'll be more than happy to share more symptoms but for now if you want to know about specific symptoms DM me and check out my graphics on Instagram because they are so informative and I will be coming out with more graphics on hormonal health so now basically let's talk about hormonal health in general and let's talk about what I actually want to talk about on the podcast so this podcast episode and this section on hormonal health is the goal is to basically tell you what you can do on a day-to-day basis um, to better your hormones. So the little tricks, the little hacks, and the things we should stay away from. The um, trends that are circulating right now on Instagram and social media and TikTok, everything goes viral. You know, like right now, like chlorophyll is so popular. It's so hot. It's the next thing. Um, the chlorophyll cells are probably like through the roof. Like <laughs> congrats to anyone who like owns a chlorophyll brand. But um, it's just another trend. And the reason why I'm saying it's just another trend is because it's hot right now, but in about three months, it won't be chlorophyll anymore. It'll be something else. Although chlorophyll does have many benefits and it is very good for you, it's just another supplement and just another trend. It's like the new thing, you know? So I'm going to be getting into the trends that I personally think um, are damaging to hormonal health if you do have hormonal imbalances now let's just talk about individuality for a second when you go on social media it's very easy to see that some people have their specific methods a lot of people are plant-based they're vegan they have a certain diet they believe in a certain way of eating and they share it every day and they look amazing they seem to be feeling amazing so we try it out And that, my friends, is my friends, that, my fellow listeners, is a recipe for disaster in the sense that it completely goes against bioindividuality. When someone's doing something, when someone is practicing a specific diet, we feel the need to try it because... We live in a society of instant gratification. We're impatient. We always want to try the next good thing that's going to make us look better and feel better. And we get into a cycle. And it's really influencer culture. It's really uh, blogger culture that has made us try all of these new things because it. we live in a very curious world. But one trend that I'm talking about specifically is the trend of fruit till noon. So this trend is a trend that... I specifically have somewhat of a problem with. So it's trends like this, guys, that we all hop on the bandwagon about, but that are actually or and could be damaging to our hormone health. So within this podcast section of the episode, I will be talking to you guys about those trends and what you should be doing to optimize and to better your hormone health. So if you are someone who is going through a hormonal imbalance or that is feeling symptoms of hormonal imbalances which I will not mention on the podcast because like I said I don't want anyone to self-diagnose via the pod but hormonal imbalances go from high cortisol low, low cortisol excess estrogen low um, progesterone excess progesterone low estrogen so if one thing goes up the other goes down so it's either you have high cortisol or low cortisol 
okay and some things that cause high and low cortisol are chronic stress for high cortisol over exercising extreme dieting and eating disorders can cause high cortisol and food allergies and food sensitivities since food sensitivities and allergies are essentially an autoimmune disease where the our bodies are attacking themselves because our immune system is incapable of doing its job um and then we have low cortisol and the causes are long periods of high cortisol um which is very normal because when you have too much cortisol and your cortisol is too high for too long your adrenal glands shut down so they stop doing what they're supposed to do which results into low cortisol which is not good either so experiencing trauma so when you experience trauma it's very normal to go to go through adrenal fatigue which is also known as hpa uh, dis- axis dysfunction which means that your adrenals are not doing what they're supposed to do which leads to low cortisol i personally have gone through that myself after experiencing a trauma a couple of years ago and i had um a period of high cortisol a period of low cortisol and I, and i also had um estrogen dominance for a very long time but what's good to know about hormones is that like i said before when one thing goes up the other goes down so progesterone and estrogen are both interrelated are both connected so when estrogen goes up progesterone goes down and vice versa so those two are linked and the causes and symptoms are fairly similar and um honestly hard to distinguish that's why it's very important that you consult a doctor you consult an endocrinologist you go get testing done if you think that you have hormonal imbalances However, there are a lot of things you could do for yourself lifestyle-wise for your hormones, and here they are. So first of all, if you really want to support your adrenals and you want to support your hormones, blood sugar is one of the most important parts of the protocol. So this is something that I tell all of my clients to do, is to balance out their blood sugar, whether it be a weight loss client, whether it be a PCOS client, whether it be a amenorrhea client, Everyone should have a stable blood sugar, obviously, because having an unstable blood sugar is definitely not good and leads to symptoms like diabetes, um, like diabetes symptoms, that's what I mean, and blood sugar affects your hormones. So first of all, how to balance out your blood sugar. So in the morning, it's very important that when you wake up, if you're trying to balance your blood sugar and your hormones, you should be eating and consuming something within the hour. Yes, Intermittent fasting is great for weight loss, but the thing about intermittent fasting, the keto diet, the paleo diet, and all these things is that it's very good to practice those for a small increment of time. So max three months. If you're really trying to balance out your hormones and to have better blood sugar, it's function it's very important that you eat within the hour of waking up and this will allow your blood sugar to remain stable. And what happens with blood sugar is that it's connected to cortisol so cortisol should be going up in the morning and slowly going down throughout the day um so it could be at its lowest point at night so you could sleep peacefully so it's very important in the morning to be eating within the hour of waking up to balance out your blood sugar as i mentioned and you should be eating things that are well balanced okay and this is why i have an issue with fruit till noon fruit till noon is a great way to detoxify the body in the sense that it really promotes cellular detoxification the colon will detox itself the body will cleanse itself out i totally 100 percent agree however when you're doing this for a long period of time and you're kind of 
forgetting about the other food groups, this could bring on problems leading to unstable blood sugar and leading to hormonal imbalances. So it's essential to be always combining carbohydrates in the morning with fat and protein. So fat and protein are what allow our blood sugar to remain stable and allow the combination of all four food groups, so carbohydrates, fat, protein, and fiber, Um, That allows our body to digest well and also allows for brain clarity, okay? So if you're someone who does practice fruit till noon, does eliminate well in the bathroom every morning, which is obviously great. It's what us women strive for. The deep bloat in the morning is so important. However, you're not feeling much brain clarity in the morning. You feel foggy, you feel dizzy, um, you feel tired. It's very important to be incorporating all four food groups in the morning. So pairing your fruit, which is a carb, with a good amount of protein. So either have an egg scramble on the side, half an avocado for fat, throw in a toast in there, a sprouted bread, something that's high fiber, high protein. It's really important to be getting all of those food groups in. So although we see this trend, it's very good. It's a very good way to promote cellular detoxification. If you're dealing with a certain symptom, such as cystic acne caused by inflammation in the body, Um, or an inflamed colon or chronic constipation, fruit till 12, food combining, things like that is a great protocol to practice for a certain period of time in order to kind of fix the problem, fix the underlying problem. But it's very important to go back to basics at the end of the day and to incorporate all food groups. So that is tip number one on how to balance your hormones and balance your blood sugar. Have a complete and full breakfast. Eat the fruit in the morning. You will not be constipated if you incorporate other food groups into your meal. As long as you have enough fiber, your body should be eliminating perfectly. Number two, timing. So it's very it's essential that you're eating food frequently throughout the day. Not to speed up your metabolism, not to lose weight, um, but really to allow your blood sugar to be stable. So to avoid spikes in blood sugar, you need to be eating not, I wouldn't say frequently, but every three to four hours and everything should be balanced. So even when you're having a snack, let's say you're having your breakfast at 8 a.m., 11 o'clock comes, it's snack time. You should always be having a blood sugar balancing snack, like something with a protein and a carb. For example, like celery sticks, which is a great source of fiber, and nut butter. Nut butter has protein in it, it has fat in it. That's That's a blood sugar balancing snack. Or... Something complete like an, a sprouted Ezekiel bread toast with half an avocado on it with some hemp seeds and an egg. That's a good snack. That's perfect. So it's very important that you, even your snacks um, are well balanced and that you're not eating too far apart. Like your meals are not too far apart from each other. So I definitely recommend eating every three to four hours for like optimal blood sugar stability results and then we have lunch and dinner so lunch and dinner um very important to be following the balanced plate and you should be eating like i said within three hours of the previous meal so let's say you have breakfast at eight snack at 11 um you could have lunch at like 1 o'clock and your meal should be balanced you should be incorporating all food groups it's not good to ha- be having too much of one food group this could be leading to extreme bloating 
um, GI tract distress. A lot of people complain about so much bloating, but because they're only prioritizing fiber. So it's very important to be prioritizing fiber, yes, but it's super important as well to be including all other food groups. Hormones are actually made out of protein, which is why it's super important to be getting enough protein to have healthy hormones. And yeah, that's pretty much it for lunch and dinner. So my tips for for blood sugar so far are eat within the hour of waking up. Breakfast should always be a high fat and high fiber breakfast. So I know you guys are probably wondering how I balance my blood sugar in the morning since I start my morning with the morning blend. Now the thing about the morning blend is that it's a high fiber smoothie. So it's fiber based. So there's a lot of fruit in there, which is a carb, um, vegetables, which are fiber. And I don't always put the recipe doesn't call for any fat really. There's no avocado there. There's no nut butter. Um, but the recipe does call for spirulina, which is a full complete source of protein. However, the morning blend is not my breakfast. It's a pre-breakfast. It's how I start my day. But within the hour, I always need to have a complete breakfast. So I always go for an avocado toast with lots of hemp seeds on top or eggs. Um, eggs is something that I've been reincorporating into my diet because I used to have a lot of gut issues and the overconsumption of egg and egg whites had affected my gut for a long time, but now I'm super happy to have eggs back into my diet frequently. I had them like I had them like two to three times a week, and I feel great. So it's really important to be having the morning blend for sure, but within the hour of the morning blend, getting all of those food groups in, which will lead you to stable blood sugar and avoiding those symptoms of fogginess, dizziness, um, fatigue in the morning, drowsiness, and will allow you to have more mental clarity. And to carry on with your day. So these are the basics of nutrition. And it's really important to remember that nutrition at the end of the day, guys, it's science. All four food groups are necessary. If you're making a smoothie in the morning, make sure you include all those food groups in there. Um, Kelly Levick, one of my like favorite health coaches and nutritionists, has a smoothie called the Fat 4 Smoothie. And I love the way she breaks down how simple the smoothie is. And it's really important not to be prioritizing one thing specifically, but really getting a good balance of everything for stable blood sugar, and stable hormones especially if you have a hormonal imbalance or a syndrome related to hormonal imbalances like PCOS um, or thyroid malfunction um, hypo or hyperthyroid uh, Hashimoto's Graves disease so it's very important to be doing this and especially as a woman balance your hormones ladies eat full meals three times a day space them out well eat every three to four hours and follow the balanced plate so that's my first tip um in terms of hormonal imbalances. So you want to stabilize your blood sugar. Another thing is not eating too late at night. Now I know diet culture, um, like people who are against diet culture suggest that the whole mentality behind not eating past seven o'clock is bad, but actually that's not, that's not wrong. So I would never suppress any hunger. If you're feeling hunger, hungry after 8 PM, I would definitely eat something, but Whenever you eat, whenever you eat dinner, stop eating afterwards before bed. And that will allow your body to process the food, to make your cortisol levels go down, and to better your sleep. Do you ever notice how after you eat a heavy dinner and you go straight to bed, you toss and turn all night? That's because your body is processing and digesting the food overnight and it's affecting your cortisol levels and you're wide awake all night. You're tossing and turning. You're having bad sleep. It's as if you had a coffee at 6 p.m. or something. So that is another tip that I would definitely suggest. Another thing to balance your hormones is to control and to manage your stress. Now, stress is something I really want to get into because this is a very generic topic. Everyone 
feel stress every day, but different people have different ways of managing and handling their stress. Personally, for me, I'm someone who um, I get triggered very easily, and when I get triggered, I'll get I'll be very reactive, and this will create a chronic stress response in me. I'll get upset. I'll get nervous, like my breathing will get heavy. And this is like a little increment a day of chronic stress, which is really not good because chronic stress is is like elevated cortisol, which leads to inflammation. And elevated cortisol chronically is the source of all hormonal imbalances. So it's very important that you balance out your nervous system. You control your nervous system through practices, daily practices, This is why I wake up every morning at the crack of dawn to work out. It calms my stress. It eases my mental health. It's my medicine. If I don't work out in the morning, um, I don't feel well for the rest of the day, and I don't do heavy, high-intensity workouts, I do more low-impact workouts, which I'll get into in a second. So controlling your stress is super important, and the problem with cortisol levels and stress is that our body cannot distinguish the difference between sitting in traffic and being late for a meeting or being chased by a lion. I know you guys have probably heard um, that like sentence before, but it's true. So our nervous system can't distinguish the difference, and chronically being in a fight-or-flight response for the body elevates our cortisol levels, which unbalances our hormones. And this is what leads to inflammation, which essentially leads to disease. So if you want to balance your hormones, definitely be mindful about your stress and definitely find a practice to calm your stress down. Take deep breaths, take in that oxygen, do your workout, practice low impact movement, Look at the environment in your life and try to remove any toxic, unnecessary stress. If you have people in your life that are creating stress in in your world for no reason, this affects your hormones daily. Um, When my acne was at its all-time worst, I had so many toxic friendships in my life. And I've spoken about this before. It's not that anybody in my life was a bad person. It's just that me and my friends or me and the person, my friends and I, or the people that I'm talking about and I just weren't meshing. It was creating tension and stress into my life. And it's not something that I could have personally handled. So definitely be selfish about your energy, protect your energy, Make sure that your environment is healthy and not toxic and this affects your hormones, this affects your mental health and the lower the cortisol in your body is, the lower the cortisol levels are and the more stable they are, the better your hormone health will be. So those are my lifestyle tips in terms of hormone. Oh, no, I actually have one more. The phone. We tend to not realize how the our electronics do create... A hormonal response in our body constantly being attached to our phone and it's actually a part of the hpa access mouth dysfunction um protocol is telling the client to minimize their phone usage daily so not having your phone light to your face every like at every second of the day and especially at night to allow your cortisol levels to go down and allow your body to rest so that is another great tip control your screen time if you're someone who has like nine hours of screen time a day and you're noticing that you're getting headaches from it it's affecting your vision um you're dead you're almost asleep at night but then your phone keeps you awake definitely put your phone on airplane mode shut it off And that will allow you to have better sleep. And sleep is something that is so essential for hormonal health. 
if you are not getting enough sleep per night, your hormones will not function properly. And that is a fact. So it's very important that you're getting a good window of sleep and prioritizing your REM period. So your period of deep sleep and that allows your body to function, allows your body to recover, and it allows for the reproduction of hormones in a healthy way, and it allows for homeostasis, which is the balance of the body. So it's necessary. So now let's move on to the topic of uh, workouts. I spoke about this on the podcast before, but it has a lot to do with cortisol. And since we're on the topic of hormonal imbalances today, cortisol is the main problem with is the main cause of everything. With every cortisol, with every hormonal imbalance, whether it be low estrogen, um, excess estrogen, or low progesterone, high, high androgens, PCOS, thyroid malfunction, um, cortisol is what affects it the most. So. Overexercising, chronically dieting is what leads to chronic elevation of cortisol. So it's definitely important to be mindful of how you are moving your body and how you are doing things. The fact that low impact workouts are changing the world is not a myth. Low impact workouts, especially for women, are where it's at. So it's actually very good to have your cortisol elevated a couple times through your workout. So I would definitely not cancel out high intensity workouts at all. It's great for cardiovascular health and it's great for your mental health as well. Um, it gets the blood pumping. It's amazing. So I would definitely keep on doing high intensity workouts twice a week if you are one that loves them, but definitely prioritizing low impact movement. This is so important. And I tell so many of my clients that are in the perimenopausal phase, which is the premenopausal phase and in the peri and in the menopausal phase. So around late 40s, 50s, um, some ladies in their 60s because it's very genetic and lifestyle-based to prioritize low-impact movements. This is essential for balancing out your hormones and for lowering your cortisol. So I know this sounds very repetitive, but cortisol is the source of everything. I'm telling you guys, it's the silent killer. So it also... Low-impact workouts also really helps your joints, so your muscles, your joints. If you're someone who feels a lot of tension, a lot of back pain, a lot of joint pain, your wrists hurt, this is a sign of inflammation, and it could be because of your high-intensity workouts, and it's very important to be mindful of this and to realize that something might be off. So I would definitely recommend incorporating more low-impact workouts into your routine. So if you're someone who works out six times a week, do four days low-impact two days high intensity and let me know how your body feels. When I was someone, I used to be someone that used to do very high intensity workouts almost like five times a week. And actually at one point I was spinning six days a week, which is very, very high intensity. And spinning is actually the most like acidic workout you could do. Creates a lot of acidity in your body and inflammation. Um, And my muscles were like so inflamed because of the lactic acid that was building up. And that's definitely not good for your body. Although I felt super strong and fit, um, my body was really inflamed. So that is just a sign that something was like not really, like I really felt inflamed in my clothing. And that was a sign to me that something was kind of off. So I was definitely pushing my body a little bit too much. My cortisol was a bit too elevated and um, I had to like balance it out and bring it down. So that's why I incorporated more um, low impact workouts. So 
This episode is running a little long, but all to say is that within this episode, I did not feel comfortable sharing the symptoms of specific hormonal imbalances since I don't want anybody to take this as information to actually apply to their life and to be worried about. This is not Healthline. I don't want you to be Googling your symptoms via this podcast. Always consult a doctor and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Um, And if you feel as though you have a hormonal imbalance, feel free to DM me or if you know that you have a hormonal imbalance or a symptom related to hormonal imbalances dm me because i am certified to help you and we could get everything under control together now i didn't talk about uh, the menstrual cycle within this episode because i want to do a whole different episode on the menstrual cycle and how to get your period regularly regularly and how to balance out your period and how to bring your period back so um I'm actually going to be including some client testimonies in this episode, so I'm waiting to get more before my website launches, and then we will be talking about everything menstrual cycle in another episode. But all to say, just a recap, first of all, do not fall into the trap of social media. Everybody is very bi-individual, everybody has their own medicine, and Always take what you see online with a grain of salt. I say this during every episode, but it's very important to know that certain di- certain lifestyles and certain diets are great practices, but for certain periods of times and for certain reasons. So there are specific diets for specific symptoms. The food combining diet is a diet that I personally believe is extremely bio-individual and could be applied to specific symptoms in order to better a digestion issue, an acne issue, anything really, a constipation issue, but it's not for everybody. And just remember that for optimal hormonal health, you must be balancing out your blood sugar and you must be eating three full meals a day. Okay, now let's get into 15 more minutes of Q&A questions. So I'm going to start doing this every podcast. I'm going to try to do 10 to 15 minutes of Q&A with me since I do Q&As weekly and I can't get around to all the questions every time. So I'm going to be answering some questions and they could be related to the hormonal health episode and not, but these are totally unplanned. So we'll see where the conversation takes us. So first of all, um, someone asks, your thoughts on grain-free versus gluten-free? Okay, this question actually ties in perfectly to the hormonal health episode. So as mentioned before, Let's try to get this in in 15 minutes. (laughs) As mentioned before, specific diets work for specific symptoms. And that's why it's so important to consult a professional before you take on a diet. It's very easy to say, oh, I'm going gluten-free, I'm going grain-free. But you don't know what that actually is doing and will do to your body. So many... Uh, nutritionists and people in the health field will argue that gluten is actually good for you. You know, it has some health benefits. Um, There's some vitamins, there's some minerals in there that are great. Uh, Personally, I don't think gluten has much to offer, (laughs) to be honest. I think it's something that is super comforting for the soul. And gluten actually comes from the Latin, like it's Latin for glue. And it's what keeps the product together. It's what gives it that gooey consistency drops pen it's what gives it that gooey consistency and um i think that there are so many other places to go for um vitamins and minerals however i still eat gluten and i'm not going totally gluten free i do have periods of time where i do try to prioritize more grain-free foods and this is because i do have some hormonal imbalances and i also have a mild gluten intolerance so for people who don't have any gluten intolerances and do not feel any hormonal symptoms, I would not suggest a grain-free or gluten-free diet. There's nothing wrong with gluten. 
It's not the best food for you, but at the same time, if you're not feeling any symptoms towards gluten, like no no excessive bloating, um, no hormonal symptoms, hormonal imbalance symptoms, um, nothing specifically, and you're feeling fine after consuming gluten, keep consuming your gluten. However, if you are feeling bloated after consuming gluten, or if you're feeling a lot of brain fog, a lot of migraines, um, just overall fatigue, you may have some sort of gluten intolerance. And the best way to track that is through a mindful food journal. So I actually sell a mindful food diary on my website. My website is down right now. So I'm actually recreating the mindful food diary and it's going to be anchored towards tracking things like food intolerances since you can go for um, allergy tests. But the thing about a food intolerance is that it's very hard to uh, get an act- an accurate test on food intolerances. So um, it's very the best way to track it. To be honest, it might be a lot of trial and error, but the best way to track is through a food diary. So once my new food diary comes out, I'll be showing you guys how to use it and definitely go purchase it. It's gonna be super affordable and super great. So that's what I suggest for people who have um, a gluten intolerance. Stay away from gluten if you do. However. Grain-free. Grain-free is a total different story. Um, Grain-free is really for someone, well, the diet is anchored towards someone who really wants to promote like or to optimize alkalinity. And I've done grain-free diets many times. However, it is a diet referred to as the paleo diet. And the paleo diet is a diet recommended for specific things. It said that the PCOS uh, standard protocol is a paleo diet. And the reason why the paleo diet is recommended because Gluten and other grains can affect the GI tract, which can affect cortisol, which can affect hormones. And that's why it's suggested to try out um, a low glycemic paleo diet. However, then again, if you are not feeling any symptoms and you do not have PCOS and you do not uh, feel any intolerances uh, to gluten or any other grains, um, it's kind of unnecessary. I personally have tried the grain-free diet many times and have practiced it and I definitely notice a difference in my skin. I'm someone who has dealt with cystic acne. I've had hormonal imbalances uh, for as long as I could remember and going on a paleo diet has helped me. However, is it the most sustainable option? Not really. So my biggest tip to you is to consume everything in moderation prioritize grain-free foods because at the end of the day, gluten is not really going to do much for us. It doesn't really offer much. And even though it does have some sort of nutrient in it, there are many other places to go get all your vitamins and minerals, Um, like in whole foods, like in produce, uh, like in very high and organic and good quality um, protein. So definitely don't rely on gluten for your vitamins and minerals. However, don't cut it out completely because what's going to happen if you cut out gluten completely is that the second you have it again, your GI tract is going to get disrupted and that's how you start and that's how you cause food intolerances. So I'm going to take a breather and that's my take on grain-free versus gluten-free. Someone asked, where do you get all your flowers from? Um, The ones that I posted this week, the purple... Um, yellow and white flowers are from the Atwater Market, but I always order my flowers from Fleur de Jardin by Paul, and I've tagged them so many times on Instagram, so you guys go check them out. Um, someone says, is there a dermatologist in the city that you'd recommend? Uh, in Montreal, yeah, I actually really do recommend Dr. Krasny. He works uh, at, Derm- well, he owns and has a, an office called Dermafina. Um, we're actually in the same work building. That's why I go there often and he's absolutely amazing. So I definitely recommend checking him out um, in terms of all your skincare needs. So Dr. Krasny from Dermafina. 
that's on sunscreen if you believe in it and if so which one do you use um i used to never wear sunscreen but now i'm the type of person that doesn't leave the house without sunscreen and it's definitely made a difference in terms of my complexion so getting rid of that redness getting rid of those like discoloration like those odd red spots on your face um definitely like like SPF definitely helps whether it be a rainy day a snowy day or a super sunny day wear your SPF ladies and I uh, buy the Elta MD brand which is also for sale at Dermafina thoughts on the chlorophyll trend growing around I actually answered that on the Q&A and I also mentioned it in the pod so it's a trend chlorophyll is great for you but the best way to get chlorophyll is by prioritizing greens every day so the thing that's so great about greens and why everyone raves about greens is because they are high in chlorophyll so by prioritizing foods that are high in chlorophyll like spinach like kale like arugula like uh, bok choy like asparagus like broccoli by prioritizing uh, greens and mainly leafy greens you will see the same long-term benefits uh, what else? Someone says, uh, thoughts on superfoods, example, maca, spirulina, are they worth buying? So my take on superfoods, if you're just getting started in your health journey, you do not need any expensive supplements or superfoods to make your health journey happen. Superfoods are boosters. They are things you add into your life if you want more, but there are definitely ways to get the same results by solely con- consuming whole foods and healthy foods. And by that, I mean like just shop in the produce section you know like I said before spirulina is and chlorella are rich in chlorophyll which is why they are so great and the reason why they're called superfoods is because spirulina is actually a full source of protein and contains all the essential amino acids which is great however if you're practicing a well-rounded diet and you are eating all your food groups meaning protein fiber carb and fat you should see the same results. It's just a booster. And maca, maca has been proven to, well, it's said to uh, help with hormone balancing, but I don't think maca is that necessary. It's definitely not a staple in my diet and um, it hasn't really done much for my hormones uh, from what I could see. So that's it's not something that's 100% worth buying. Spirulina is a staple in my daily routine because I love how it's a complete source of protein and contains all the amino acids. But as for maca, not really. Do you recommend certain teas, drinks, foods that help with digestion? Okay, so for digestion, I do recommend the after-dinner tea by uh, Puka Herbs. I noticed you use dates in your smoothies. What are the benefits of dates? Okay, so dates contain a lot of vitamins and minerals and nutrients, um, and they're also a natural sweetener, which is great. However, I don't really put dates in my smoothie due to the benefits. I put dates in my smoothie because of the consistency. They're creamy, they're chewy, they make my smoothie taste like chunky and so cute. I just love dates. That's why I added in. Okay, guys, so that's it for this episode. I'm totally out of breath and I'm totally winded. I feel like um, I spoke about so much. But I love this episode. I'm so excited for it to air. So thank you so much for listening. Catch you here next Monday on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Bye.